Hello everyone and welcome to Heart Yoga Radio. So here's the next episode in our interesting time series because times are still very interesting indeed. But first, some good news. Suella Braverman has finally gone. Although she does have a nasty habit of going and we all cheer and then she comes back just like, oh, <laughs> the whole country goes, oh, she's back. So let's hope she's gone for good this time. Actually been sacked rather than just resigning and hasn't been reappointed to another ministerial post. So let's just hope she um, she's banished to the back benches where she can kind of grumble her incredible, incredible hate speech in a much quieter voice because she'll have like less of an importance and less of a platform. So um. Uh, it's it's kind of interesting how all that panned out. So, what are your what are your thoughts on the yeah, the Braverman saga? Well, it was quite a Monday. That was yesterday morning. I I heard, and uh, I think it sort of broke on on the on the radio four that I that I am forced to listen to by the necessity of knowing uh, what what's setting the news agenda for the day. I don't listen to it for information, but I listen to it to keep up with the propaganda. To keep up with to see what propaganda the people are being yeah. fed. That's if you ever if, ever, if you think I'm some kind of fan of Nick Robinson et al. I'm not, uh, but I do listen to it for that very reason. And it, it broke uh, Monday morning, and at the same time, it also uh, uh, it also broke that the Liberal Democrats. Um, had decided to take the line and call for a ceasefire in Gaza, first sort of big bigish party to break ranks with the Americans, you know, because um, Starmer and Sunak are, are simply following the Americans because they think that makes them look statesmanlike and actually because in the real world they've got to. <laughs> Unless they want to be like in the wilderness, like Corbyn, you know. I mean, Corbyn's sin was to was to sort of not be wholly on board with with the hegemon, you know. So that happened at the same time. It 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 is related, and a little bit further in the day, I forget what time, but a little bit later on Monday, it was announced that David Cameron, an ex prime minister, was to be appointed. Foreign Secretary, or the Secretary of State for the Foreign Office. So it is one of the big, powerful roles of state, obviously, you know. Uh, in a cabinet reshuffle, because Braverman had gone, and Sunak decided the, he's, 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 he's trying to look statesmanlike by reshuffling his cabinet, you know. Bear in mind that the latest he can leave a general election is January 25. I mean, basically, he's not going to run it down to the wire, I don't think, because it gives him less room to manoeuvre. So he's he's looking at a year tops to turn things around. You know, it certainly does seem like a, a yeah. bit of an odd thing for him to do. I mean, it's, uh, it's Cameron's not even an MP, you know, and yeah, well, and it's, it's interesting mm. that but uh, he's bringing uh, Cameron, who obviously campaigned to remain, so he's yeah. a. Um, uh, 
didn't didn't want Brexit, it even though we called for the uh, the referendum. So so in the heart of this like hard hard Brexit government, yeah, he has deliberately Sunak's deliberately brought in this this person who's yeah. very much against what the government seems to stand for these days, which is a bit yeah interesting and weird. Yeah, I mean I don't know where, where he stands on on what one is supposed to do now that now that Brexit is a fait accompli. I don't know where he stands on that because he disappeared from the scene. He resigned the day after yeah. the referendum failed, which was his big idea. Useless politician, I have to say, and <laughs> yeah. useless, uh, n- n- not not my kind of human being. Can I put it like that? And uh, if if he was to come and sit in this room with me, I'd be desperately trying to fucking rearrange his brain, you know, <laughs> because there's something wrong with the bloke. There's something wrong with the whole political class, really. Anyway, I mean, you, you, you asked me to comment on Braverman, and there I go off on a tangent about Cameron and the Lib Dems. But mainly, it, 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 what struck me on Monday was all these, these three things happened on the one day. Mm. You know, and I thought, well, they're also quite big things, these. And they've all got massive ramifications. Uh, are they in any way connected? Well, of course they are. Well, you know, things that happen at the same time have, have a connection in as much as they happen at the same time. Don't have to be a causal connection, but uh, connected. But there's a causal connection going on here. You know, there's a web of relations. Can I put it like that? Uh, g- going on here. So, if you don't mind, I've, I sort of only evaded the question about Cruella Braverman <laughs> in order to, to to see to say this is as I always say this is a part of a bigger picture. Mm. And uh, I mean, a little epistemological aside here, I do think you should try and get the bigger picture in any situation to the extent that you can. You know, I mean, I I, I put something on Twitter about context, right? Saying there's a context, there's a historical and an anthropological and a psychological and a current, uh, you know, state of the world now in this moment context. To, to every big event that we seek to understand and my contention is you don't understand things like that in isolation no. because they don't happen in isolation they don't happen in a high historical context they don't happen they don't drop out of the sky as though heaven had delivered them to us they arise out of everything that's gone before so in a call for contact, and some some bot, some kind of Israeli government bot, gets back and says, "Oh yeah, I get it. Contextualise rape." So he's got a really nice nice sound bite there, whoever it is, or it's a bot, you know. Got a nice sounding sound bite, Max, in the hope that you look like an idiot. But but, but one is tempted to reply, even though you don't. Well, yes, because we have to understand it, because we think in the end, in the end, understanding is going to be a lot more useful to us, beneficial to us as people, than than simply frothing at the mouth at everything that displeases us. Right, so that would be my reply there, even though of course I don't reply to that kind of thing, but that would be my reply there. You know, seeking to understand however much emotional f- f- turmoil, however much smoke and fire there is, it only happens by taking account of, of the setting, you know, the, the bigger context, if I just put it as crudely as that. Yeah. 
And that is that is why, uh, and, and I put that in as an aside. That's why you know you always hear from me. Well, let's 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 kind of look at the bigger picture. Let's look at the relationships between these big big things because I think that's a, a part. It's not the the entirety, but it's a part of, of arriving at an understanding and of a good serviceable understanding that will enable you not to make the same mistakes again in the future. We have to learn, otherwise we're fucked. That should be kind of fairly self-evident. So I take this approach. So that's my, by way of my devious around the mountains apology for not really jumping in on Cruella <laughs> the moment you asked me to, but now, now I'm ready to. I mean, she resigned. Uh, this armed secretary, Secretary of State, Secretary of State for Armed Affairs, uh, he's very, very right wing, very, very far, very right wing. My, uh, plays all the right wing cards and doesn't seem to have any other modus operandi of scapegoating, you know, otherizing people to distract attention from the, the failings of the ruling class. You know, and, and in her case, it's it's immigrants. You know, and it's it's always a fairly easy one to whip up. You know, and she's she's got a horrible record in on that front. And uh, <laughs> I mean, she she's somebody who does fro froth at the mouth about everything. You know, about woke, whatever that is. You know, I, I mean, all I, I say is, is actually a really, really, really crazy person. You know, who's been yeah. who's been twisted by some trauma. Mm. And s some hatred, you know, and is is actually she is actually there's no doubt about it. Full of hate, you know, she's extremely unpleasant and not very intelligent, but in a, but in a in a position of power. Anyway, this she, she she's got shriller and shriller, yeah. And obviously something as 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 spectacularly catastrophic as events in Gaza have really pushed pushed her up a notch, you know. Now she is married to a, a Zionist or a, a Jewish. Chap, and I believe I believe she's she is a Zionist from what I can see. And uh, she's in Sunak's cabinet as the sort of as, as as the nod or the concession to the the Trussites, because she was also Liz Truss's uh, in Liz Truss's cabinet where she was sacked, I believe. You might want to check on this, and then when 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 uh, when when that short-lived uh, uh, PM ship was over, and the Tory, the parliamentary Tory Tory party sort of by fiat because there was no election put Rishi Sunak on the throne. He immediately reappoints Cruella as as his as his home secretary as a as a way of keeping them people quiet. That that that, that sort of libertarian slice, far right slice of the Tory Party. Because by now, by by Gaza, by the time of Gaza, of course, what happened in Britain and in pretty well every capital city in the world, where it can happen, and it's even happened in some places where it's difficult to demonstrate. There, there are the public are on the streets in record numbers everywhere. It, it must be over the world. It must be hundreds of millions of people are out saying, "Stop the killing now." 
you know however you decide the, the rights and the wrongs and the reparations and whatever it is you want to do do it after you've stopped the kill but the killing has to stop now we cannot go on another day longer and that's kind of obvious and the people of the world pretty the ordinary people to my, from what I can say the vast majority of them are really really upset about this and want it to stop and are fairly determined to make it stop I mean the the effect of that is that there have been marches since the the, the Gaza thing broke out uh, what was it 7th of October it's a few weeks now is it? it's a month at least it's over a month there have been marches in in London and other British cities, but huge marches in London, and uh, which have been very peaceful and very, very, very representative of the cosmopolitan and uh, multicultural, multi-ethnic nature of our society. Very peaceful, very, very, very solidaristic, you know, and huge. And it, uh, uh, yesterday, uh, Saturday. It was at least there were at least seven hundred and fifty thousand people in in London. Three quarters of a million people, you know. and it was pro that that's probably a low official estimate, you know. You know. So. Certainly, a lot more than what they called uh, the counter protest, which wasn't a counter protest at all. It was just a load of uh, what uh, yobs looking for a fight who were uh, to protect the cenotaph yeah. from this completely yeah. fictionalized threat that uh, yeah. Suella Braverman had yeah. uh, wound them up into this this yeah. frenzy. Yeah. No, the yeah, they just thought. I think it was mm. the, it's the kind of people who just want to go and have a fight with the police and try and and they, they were. Li, 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 legitimised by Braverman to go and pretend that they yeah. were doing something noble and important yeah. Yeah. Uh, where actually they were just there to kind of cause yeah. an awful lot of trouble and yeah. out of all the pro the protesting that was going on in London like at that time on that day the um the, the, the far right um I don't know how to use a polite word it here was, for what they, they are. They were the ones that yeah. caused all the trouble and yeah. injured the police, whereas yeah. the the huge uh, yeah. demonstration, the yeah. pro-Palestinian demonstration, was all peaceful and fine. It was pretty peaceful, yeah. I mean, there were some fringe things, obviously, there's going to be. You've got three quarters of a million people. There's going to be a good handful of nutters, whatever you do. Yeah. But there was no... There was no, there was no riots or mass violence it was very very guys for south I mean I, did, I, I didn't go I, I can't get to London and I, I would like to but I can't as it happens um, <laughs> but I've watched extensive footage and listened to what lots of people have got to say and there's no doubt about it it was an amazingly peaceful in fact I would say loving occasion in as much as you can yeah there were a thousand people in the Jewish block the Palestinian ambassador to, to Britain stood up and addressed the crowd and thanked the Jewish bloc for turning out. You know, but there were speakers. I mean, obviously Jeremy Corbyn and uh, various various people in, in 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 various movements were brought together by by that. But of course, it coincided with Re Remembrance Day. It's eleven o'clock on the eleventh of the eleventh of every year. And it commemorates actually the armistice in 1914, 
which signalled the end of the First World War and the breaking out of peace. And it's celebrated for a lot of different reasons, some of which, to my mind, are, are kind of complete humbug, and some of which I do, I do understand. You know, if you were in in a conflict and you lost your friends, you'd want to you'd want to from time to time re remember and think about them, and you know, feel the sadness. And so on. I understand. I understand. But in, anyway, the, the 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 tradition is that there's a minute silence, or two minutes silence in Britain, on that day, whenever it is. And then on the Sunday following, there is a um, a ceremony at the cenotaph, which is the big war memorial in London. And any and in war memorials all around the country. There was even one here, tiny little town, two thousand people. But it's got a war memorial with the names of the dead on it. And the old soldiers go and stand there and put wreaths there on, on, on uh, just at the bottom of our street. You know, it, this is this is a thing in British life, you know. And some people revere it. I think there's a lot of humbugs around, isn't it? And, but Suella Braverman saw, saw, saw a chance here for a culture war. Now, she's a culture war specialist. Her thing is divide and rule. And she's also deeply, deeply authoritarian. So these marches, she actually called for the police to call it off. And so did Rishi Sunak, and they've, they've styled the marches, hate marches, and the gutter press, of course, are parroting this. Yeah. This is disgusting of the highest order. They, they were not hate marches, they love marches. Yeah. How can you say you have a march because you, you, you want a power that's armed to the teeth with the, the most sophisticated weapons that the human brain can devise against the, you know, that, that's using those weapons on a population that's fenced in behind a tw behind a twenty foot fence, concrete and steel fence. That we want that to stop, and we insist that it stops. That that is somehow a hate march, you know. And it's absolutely disgusting the way they've tried to play this. But because uh, Braverman went went a bit too far, and actually the the chief of the Metropolitan Police, Mark Rowley, did push back against her. He's his own man. He says, well. You know, it's a fundamental constitutional principle in Britain that the police police according to the law and not according to the directions of the direct instructions of politicians. You know, and he says that he says that the, the, the bar in this country is high for banning marches, which it should be. Shouldn't you know? Should be very very high. Shouldn't really even be one. And uh, this is nowhere near it. All of our intelligence, plus the reassurances we've been given by the organisers of the march, who are, the, who are very good, who are good people, that there's no, there is no feasible reason for calling the march off. You know, and he actually was quite sarcastic about Cruella Braverman calling the marches hate marches. He says, he says, the Home Secretary has a habit of get, taking two random words out of the dictionary and putting them together, something like that. He was really, really sarcastic. Yeah. So, and, and then she starts going on about the woke police then. Oh, you know, and this, God. so she's trying to start a culture war over the police. Yeah. Of course, this is all dog whistles to the football lads, which is Tommy Robinson's so-called, you know, whatever his name is, Laxley Len Lennon, who nevertheless can send out a letter or an email to his mailing list and, and, and get get 500 poor mites of blokes with bellies <laughs> and strange swastika tattoos to, to come and have a ruck with the police at the cenotaph, which they did. Now this morning, listening to 
some snippets of pro on on the evil radio for proceeds from the House of Lords. Right? What do I hear? Hate March. What do I hear? Should be banned. What do I hear? Jewish people are trembling in their houses. There was a thousand Jewish people right at the core the core of the march. In the safest place in the world. This is absurd. It's obscene. This is obscene. Weaponising racism. You know, it's obscene. In the House of Lords, we heard that same thing. Disgusting. Utterly disgusting. So the, all, all those good people, and to my mind, the good people in Britain were in that square. The real human, fully human people were in that fucking square. And all the other good people in Britain were behind them with sin spirits. The ones, the ones like us that couldn't get it, are, are kind of like you know, shouting, shouting, shouting it on, and shouting it on in, in uh, Melbourne, and Washington DC, and Dublin, Japan, Helsinki, Tokyo, Bombay, or Mumbai, just to be correct, there everywhere. Latin America's on fire with. With it, Mexico City, enormous, enormous. It's everywhere. Johannesburg. In every one of these cities, there's a million people. There's probably a hundred million people worldwide. And something I feel so like ooh, ooh, very, ooh, very heartening yeah. about this is that the, these marches are massive and they're everywhere and they seem to be getting bigger all the time, they despite. Are, yeah right-wing press which is like pretty much all the press and all the right-wing politicians which also seems to be all the politicians throwing everything they possibly can at them propaganda wise to make them feel like they're anti-semitic or they're bad or they're full of hate or you know whatever whatever they can say that they think stop them in their tracks is not working and i i find that because uh, uh, we, we found this incredibly uh, stressful and uh uh, disappointing, haven't we? Like that, how the the uh, the right wing uh, propaganda has worked so well, unfortunately, and mm. but got them to motivated them to do and support really, really awful shit. But this time, it looks like it is it is not working enough, no. and I feel very positive about that. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, I think the I think the scales have come off have come off with very, very many pairs of eyes worldwide. You know, I mean the truth. These people aren't stupid. You know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think I think they're learning. Yeah. They, they are. They, they're learning too slowly. slowly as, as the same tactics are used on them over and over again. Yeah. Um, even though that unfortunately the right wing is very clever and they're very adaptable and they do come up with new things and new tricks which do again mm. fool people. But they've they've used a lot of their tricks up now. I feel. And uh, and they it, yeah. they're now just they they just seem to be more and more desperate, and uh, I think their tactics are becoming a lot more obvious to people. So so now they're not falling for them like they That's like they right, have. Yeah. There'll be some people, of course, but uh, it's right. uh, they they are they are failing. They're flailing yeah. around and desperate now, and I I think I think they're not going to. They've gone too far, and it's too big. And it doesn't matter how much they try and convince a loving person that they are actually full of hate. It's not going to work. No, it's a, it's, a, it's a step too far. It's a step too far. There's a say a lot of scales have gone off a lot of eyes. There's at least 100 million people across the planet who all fervently wish for the same thing. 
and it does seem just think, that just it's think, starting to work, isn't it? Yeah. The uh, you know the uh, what was it? Uh, Macron has come out and said um, that he supports a ceasefire. Yeah, now, Ma- Macron's broke ranks with the yeah. uh, with with the the wealthy countries. Can I put it like we could call it the West? You know, it's yeah. like America and its immediate poodles. Now, now France has never been a very good poodle to the Americans. They did, they wouldn't join in with Iraq, and so it was like. French fries became freedom fries under by the order of the president George Bush, because and they and they his thing was that they, he says they are the French. He says they're just cheese eating surrender monkeys. <laughs> it's his idea, you know. So yeah. and, and also, I mean, you might not be aware of this French is in NATO, but it's like Schrodinger's NATO with the French. You know, they're in and not in. They've yeah. got a special clause. They sort of they're like associate members. You know they they like a bit. More, they want their own finger on the nuclear button, unlike the Brits who who just just take it up the arse every fucking day. You know from from Uncle Sam. Mm. You know they can't get enough. Um, I don't know what the word is. You know, s- slavish fucking adoration for the fucking hegemon. You know. And even uh, Biden is taking little tiny, tiny, yeah. tiny fairy steps away from yeah. the, the kill them all well, stance. We, we said we said that. Yeah. No, we, we said this is what. No, watch this now very closely because this is what are going to happen. And you can go back over the podcast. You'll hear me say this. Says so they'll know that they'll they'll know they'll have to back away from this stance. And I believe that the the ruling class, the global ruling class, was shocked by the turnout worldwide and that you know and the fact that we never hear about the Arab street in mainstream media makes me think they are really really worried and um, but they were shocked and surprised by it because in the past Israel has done terrible things to Gaza before and to and to the Palestinians before many many times they've been doing it for 75 years at least right mm-hmm. terrible things and uh, and it's gone unremarked and people, people, people you, this this thing compassion fatigue you know is the it's what the journalists speak about you know it's a report I mean Vietnam was live on TV it was TV what the internet now the reach with the internet is fantastic but at the same time you don't, you, you have to really work hard to figure out what's true and what somebody's concocted you know or maybe what an AI bot has concocted these days. So, so there's all this extra work in figuring out, but there's also all this extra information. Back in the day of the Vietnam War, it just came through the tube onto the telly. You know, it was televised. Horrors were televised. You could see napalm dropping on villages and stuff. And uh, that was a war that was stopped ultimately by people going out on the street, which incidentally America lost. They lose all these wars. They lose them. They lose them. They lost Iraq. They lost Afghanistan. Because the people on the ground, it's their home. They're going to stay there. They're not going anywhere. This is our place. This is, you know, you're just these fucking nutters that come from overseas in these helicopters, you know. So there's a lot of shock and surprise because in the past people have been supine and they've suffered from compassion fatigue or or the the news was successfully suppressed you know to some degree yeah. now this is not possible 
and also because it's so big it's giving uh, groups all over the world a lot of uh, courage to go out and, and right, protest yeah. as well so that's it's right, like yeah. there does feel like a kind of global support that's right yeah I mean, that, I mean, the thought that I'll just throw out here for it is if, if this, this 100 million people can all agree on this one thing and fervently wish, wish for it to happen, and it's not just a wish on the wish list, it's something that they're determined to happen and they'll keep coming out until it happens. Maybe one day, when, when, when the dust settles in Gaza, which it'll never settle, but at least when things quieten down somewhat, that, that, that 100 million people could ask themselves, I wonder what else we agree on? What, maybe we could find one other point we agree on and get that one this time and then the next time well what else can we agree on let's go on. you know there's, there's a potential force trying to be born here you know mm. I mean with, obviously I'm, it's a pipe dream of mine that that would happen one day and how it would happen I don't know but I mean obviously there are, there are people who this is a good start though there are people who see this and are grafting away to sort of make stuff like this happen and I, I, I just think the, the out, out of out of the most dark events, you know. I've been on this planet quite a long time, you know. I don't think anything this horrific is. I mean, there has, you know, Grozny and you know, there's the the world. The world just does horrors every single day. So you know, but th but this 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 is pretty up there. Um. You know, interesting the degree of depravity of what's going on. You know, it's just off the scale. So, the people, the people have woken up. You know, and uh, but 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 uh, the governments of the world it seems to me have gone to war with the people over this, yeah. especially the the rich countries. Yeah. But France, and I said to you one by one, they'll 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 go. They, you could see them. We said, but they're not wanting to. They're not wanting to appear as though they were phased and shocked by, by the public reaction globally, by that hundred million people on the march. This puts this terrifying. This is the this is the, this is the mob of which they by which they are haunted. But they're all they're all all the main governments of the the big rich countries are expressing exactly the opposite sentiment to the mob. They all start out. We de uh, uh, America defends the right of Israel to defend itself was the first thing and that was the end of it. In other words, that was that was genocide Joe, give Netanyahu the nod to genocide them. You know, and, and just kill as many as you can and push the rest out. This has been on the agenda since the conception of Zionism. You read the early Zionist papers, uh, theoretical works, go, it goes back into the 19th century. It was always the agenda that it's a bit inconvenient there's some people already there. Oh, we'll have to get rid of them. You know, so so genocide. Joe basically said, "Do your worst," you know, and his poodles all nodded along with him, and Starmer, because he thinks he might be the next prime minister, has to, not has, thinks he's doing the, the statesman-like thing and nods along. This is the automatic behaviour, the thoughtless, unreflective, unphilosophical, psychopathic behaviour of our leaders. This is the calculations that, that they make to get into power, to stay into power, and then lord it over us. You know, but all all our political class on mass, with very very few exceptions, is completely divorced from the from 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 the sentiment of the mass of the people on the planet, and this is what's come to light to me that matters is how deep that divorce is. It's utter, they, they they live in a bubble of their own, mm. 
And I think Bravo moments just these are hype marsh. He really, really believes it. And it's just objectively not true. Cannot be construed as true by any 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 amount of fucking spinning. But this is the official line, not only of the Conservative Party, of the of the entire political class. Now they've been caught out and then now they've been caught out. They've been caught napping and they've been caught out. And I said to you, you this is what I'm saying. But they'll now try an inch away from the genocide position. But there's enough as enough as of us of saying and recorded and took the screenshots and made the recordings and you're gonna be I'm gonna hold you to this, you cunts, until I die. You know, I'm gonna remind you every single day. You gave the nod to a genocide. They're shocked by the reaction, so they're gonna inch away from it. In the hope that we don't notice that they inch away from it, and they'll end up eventually saying ceasefire. You know. And lo and behold, this is what's happening, because then a few days later it starts saying, um, can't have a ceasefire, no, it freezes everything, Starmer's stupid analysis, you know. You know, we can't have a ceasefire because we've got to kill a few more yet, because they haven't killed enough yet to get their um, to feel satisfied or whatever the fuck the mentality is going on. And it is something as crude and primitive and evil as that, you know. So we'll say, oh, we've got to have some humanitarian corridors so we can drive the two lorries that we'll, you know, the three the three boxes of biscuits that we'll are in and the two bottled, two cases of bottled water, you know. And uh, so they all start parroting that because genocide Joe thinks, oh, I might have slipped up here. So they all start parroting that, you know. And, uh, you know, then they, then they actually then start sort of making sort of like crocodile tears about dead babies in Gaza and, and saying, he's got to obey international law. This morning, Biden's saying, I've been on the phone to Netanyahu and I've, and I've asked him, please, will he not bomb any ho any more hospitals? Right? Yeah. P please, well, Joe Biden says it, he puts it like that, like it, like he is the supplicant. He could stop that war with one phone call now. I mean, all he's got to say, say to Netanyahu, he says, you know that three billion we give her every year, and those state of the arms, state of the art arms we give you every year. Well. Let you buy that nobody else can buy, like F-35s. They're stopping now unless you fucking cease fire now. Now, this moment, now. And we get the United Nations <laughs> in and the fucking... And, um, and Medicine Sans Frontier and all the rest of it. We, we get the aid in there now, this minute. You know, he could say that, but he doesn't. Because it's part of this game of... The, of, of of trying to recover the, that initial mistake that they made, and then now you know they don't. It's not moral remorse with most of them. They're psychos, all of them. We have a system that that, that just prefers those people in those positions. It's a, which is why the system one of one of the many reasons why the system has to be completely well dismantled, and we need to build something completely new. Sounds radical, we got to. Otherwise, we're fucked. We're dead. And so, as a part of that, of course, of course, you've got, you've got um, the Lib Dems in Britain actually saying, "Oh, we'll cease fire." At last, it took them five weeks, and I don't. It, it, to me, I, there's no forgiveness now. It's too late. I said to him, "How many people could have died in that five weeks?" You know? Well, okay, you're not in the position to stop it, 
But you know, they can give it your fucking back in the genocide. It took you five weeks. Mm. Fuck you. You're the people that enabled Cameron anyway. Fuck you. That's true, yeah. So yeah. there's no there's no virtue accruing to them for doing the right thing far too late. Yeah, and also I think from their point of view, they this is a, a calculated position. I don't think they care. I think they've thought They don't well, care the psychos, yeah, they have no feelings. Know. I don't think don't think they care. I think it's just that um they're thinking, well, when yeah, there's an election coming up soon and how do we distinguish ourselves from uh, Labour and the Conservatives to get mm. a few extra votes and they think that this would be a vote winner for them and I think that's the only reason why because they got there first to say it yeah. well so apart it, from the Greens and the and Clyde it was a pl- an SNP Clyde the Nationalist parties all came out of course yeah. so, because they, they, they live in through it. <laughs> they live in small countries too you know yeah yeah and um, Uh, the Greens, of course, the one Green MP, you know, but the Green Party it was there straight away. No yeah. messing. Yeah. They're looking. They're looking better these days than they have for a long time. So, yeah, that seems to me to be the situation on on the global scale. Of course, Macron, as we mentioned, he's broke ranks. I mean, if anybody was going to break ranks, it would it would be the French on this, you know. But I mean, it's not like Macron's coming away with any. In, in, in any kudos or anything, he's still he's still got blood on his hands, you know. Yeah. Um, in fact, well, the, he tried to stop his his population from uh, protesting against it's illegal. everything. It's illegal. It's illegal to have a pro-Palestinian demonstration in yeah. France. In France, so it's illegal. He didn't get away with that, did he? No, they they had no. they've had uh, you know half a million people on the streets of Paris. Yeah, Macron should really know better. Yeah, well, well, he'll go, he'll go next time, you know. Yeah. Um, but that, but as I say, you know, they had to do it sort of gradually, you know. It's, um, and I think they're shocked. I think we should make more. I think of the street. I think this Can will I say get bigger. The, They've the been involved now. Yeah. The street. Yeah. Now I noticed, and I, 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 I mentioned this to the guys the, the other day when I was doing live interaction through Zoom discussing some of these matters, you know, as I mentioned, um, I, I'd listened to the, the the radio, just as I say, I'm t- test, testing the uh, the propaganda, you know, making an appraisal of the propaganda situation on Sunday morning, and nowhere, and there was a lot of talk about the London march, and a lot of analysis of the London march, and the events at the Cenotaph, which was a mile away from the march, you know, with the football lads. They are called the football lads. They made an official pronouncement on their football lads headed note paper, you know. <laughs> which I've seen. Right. Uh, a bit you pathetic. Yeah. They, they, they are, they're, a, they're a poor bunch of wee little mites, you know. They need some love, you know. But uh, in their current state, they're sort of quite dangerous. <laughs> they hurt people and think it's fun. So, yeah. does that remind you of anybody? No wonder they support Israel, you know. Yeah. Um, where was I? Uh, yeah, I was assigned to the, the, the guys. I listened to that on Sunday morning. And nowhere was it mentioned that there were hundreds of marches around the world, that 100 million to 200 million people in the world were on the march. And not just on the march, but very determined. You know. It's as though it hasn't happened. It, it hasn't happened. It does get mentioned from time to time, but to my mind, that, that should be the focus. But of course, that is, that is what they're going to hope that nobody lights on. Because the thought of those hundred million across national boundaries acting as one force 
because they're doing it now over one issue. Now, if that was a shitty issue, like, you know, we don't want net zero, we want the planet to burn and we'll take our chance, you'd kind of, you'd be thinking, my God, yes, the humans are fascists and beyond redemption. Mm-hmm. Press the button now and blow it all up. But they're really showing but, their goodness with But this. they, 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 they yeah. came out on the most, the most wholesome cause, which is the, yeah. the preservation of human life, you know. And, 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 and to call an end to, 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 to an absolute cornucopia of blood and guts, you know. So, so that that that's uh, that that's all of that course comes out of Cru- Cruella Braverman being sacked, for, and basically she went on the hate march thing, and it was a little step too far for the the to- the Tory the One Nation Tories, who were the Tories that that try and pretend Toryism isn't a really nasty philosophy base, but but you know but but but, but good good and basically decent ordinary middle of the road people can follow it as a philosophy and therefore try and give it a human face and make it a bit nice I mean it's one nation Tories will, will would have a sort of pang of conscience some of them if you were cutting benefits too much or disability benefits or pensions they're sort of you, you know they're, they're, they're kind of they're kind of soft softy Tories you know they fucking hate, hate what Braverman's been doing and have complained behind the scenes, in private, and sometimes not in private, they've come out, you know, and obviously all the other political parties are weighed in, because it's a massive vulnerability to Sunak, you know, that he's a Home Secretary, he's actually a, a, a frothing racist, basically a, fa- a fascist, a pro-time fascist, you know. So they put pressure on him to get rid of it as well, you know. But of course, who does he appoint? David Cameron. David Cameron's not even is he retired from from political life. Yeah. Well, he doesn't appoint David Cameron Home Secretary. I mean, his Home Secretary is James Cleverly, who we call James Not Very Cleverly. <laughs> yeah. Because he is. He, in fact, I'm a little bit relieved that he's no longer Forest Secretary because the bloke is as dim as a top H lamp. <laughs> you know. Yeah. He really, he really, really has got nothing between his ears. By what? By oh, he's he's a barrister or a lawyer or something, which makes me think well. Fuck me, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so another thing that I want to mention about the David Cameron appointment, which is very surprising to me, is um, this appointment must severely aggravate the ERG, which has been thought to have real tr- tr- tremendous power in the Conservative Party. I mean, like pretty much uh, there has been times when the ERG has practically dictated everything that the Tories have done and voted upon. They've had so much power. So the fact that Sunak has done this, uh, either must be he thinks that the ERG is not does not have the power that it used to, or is for some reason he's not worried about it, or he's just too stupid to know what what the consequences of actions mm. are going to be. I'm not 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 sure, but mm. um, they they can't be very happy about this. So it'll be interesting to see what the uh, the pushback, if any, is, because uh, it's definitely not something they would have wanted. Yeah, I think that's right, uh, Cameron. Might seem initially a kind of a, a funny choice, you know. There's going the right, you know. The, well, I mean, of course, he was. Well, it, Cameron, just to remind people, was the Tory Prime Minister who called for a referendum on, and enabled, through all the legal means and the powers, a referendum to take place on Brexit, 
but he, he, he then immediately becomes the leader of the Remain side. He was a, a Eurofile. And it was a gamble, which he thought that he would win and had been told that he would win by advisors to bring to a final finish the internal war in the Tory party between pro-EU and anti-EU, so-called Europhiles and Eurosceptics, that dogged the Tory party since the 70s when the UK joined the EU. In fact, there was a referendum two years after we joined, which, which Labour uh, said leave, right? And the Tories under Ted Heath said remain, because Ted Heath was a big Europhile. And the British public says, yes, we'll stay in. We've had it for two years. We like it. We'll stay in. So this wasn't even the first referendum on the uh, second one. Of course, it... Uh, Cameron's gamble didn't pay off and the day after he immediately resigned from the, the Premiership and, and, and we ended up with uh, Theresa May, did we? Was it Theresa May? Yeah, Theresa May. And then a series of general elections and a series of, uh, a series of Prime Ministers and other, other high, um, high Ministers of State. It, and, and just increasing increasing chaos within the, the Tory party after Brexit. Breakfast, Brexit basically exploded the Tory party in a slow death explosion. So, but Sunak's made a calculation here by bringing Cameron in, hasn't he? And it's to, I think it's to, to placate his wet side, you know, or his Euro foil side. And also notice he puts Cameron in the Foreign Office. So he's the guy who'll travel around the world now. He'll go to the United Nations. He'll go to whatever summits that they have. When the great powers decide what to do with Palestine once again. And I think Sunak's thinking, he's a statesman, he's been the Prime Minister, he's probably had other offices. He was Prime Minister for quite a long time. So he has that statesman-like order about him and I think that's the calculation. But of course, he's not a member of Parliament. Technically, in the unwritten constitution, he can become a minister of the Crown. He does, and it has happened before. I don't think I don't think it's happened for a long time. Uh, Alec Douglas Hume was was an unelect, unelected prime, a non. He was he was a lord, uh, an hereditary peer. So he, he he got the title from his dad, and then became the prime minister. But that's a long. It's in my lifetime, but it's a long time ago. Cameron has been made a lord overnight, you know, he's now Lord Cameron. So the, so he's sitting at least one of the houses of Parliament, albeit the unelected house, which still has hereditary peers and still appoints the top bishops of the Church of England to it. So it's, it, it's a disgrace. The idea that the UK is a democracy is wrong. They claim it all the time, they make a song and dance about it. Or there's people even say, like, like radicals are saying, our, our democracy is in danger and I have to keep telling me it never was a democracy really just do a bit of history some high level history or something it's never been a fucking democracy but this really underscores it this, this is at the time when Tories in the Lords are calling for marches to be outlawed that of the type that we've seen which to my mind are the only political hope for the world and a very th a gl a glimmer of political hope for the world they want to ban it Sunak still would like them to be banned. 
But of course, the police are setting their face against him because the police are woke. <laughs> Weirdly, <laughs> you know. See what I mean? How it all, how it all fits, and bringing Cameron in without any mandate whatsoever from the people, or even from his own party, hardly. To the the uh, to the most important office of state at this moment, you might say. You know, at a time when there's an international crisis, and it isn't just a skirmish in Gaza. Why do you think Biden sent two aircraft carriers down the other end of the fucking the Mediterranean? The second it kicks off. Work that out. But it's because this if there's gonna be World War Three, this is the harbinger. Yeah. And he's sending Cameron as as no mandate from the British people whatsoever. So if you're in any doubt about what the power dynamic actually is, look at these three incidents. Ask yourself what are the connections between them and it will become apparent to you that our political class really, really, really have no bearing on our wishes, our desires, our lives, anything. We're just pawns in their game. And they are utterly, utterly monstrous. Their position uh, makes them so. Yeah. And also, I think the um, if they're planning on a, a, a nice festive World War III, let's, let's make even money, more money by uh, for the weapons industry uh, kind yeah, of yeah. idea here. Um, I think the, the, the demonstrations against war, really, which is, which is what we're seeing, are going to give them a little bit of pause because they're thinking, oh, it's just, World War Three is not going to be terri terribly popular, is it? We're like, we, we're going to mm. try, you know, we're, we're trying to whip up the patriotism mm. and, uh, oh, you know, all the terrible hate yeah. and, you know, all this, like, proper, our propaganda is not working. It's not working here. No. So if we go to, on to a world war and go and do an awful lot more killing of innocent people, yeah. probably not going to go down very well. So I think, thank God that uh, this has kicked off in such a way with so many millions of people and the protest being so incredibly uh, visible that uh, it, it will give them a little bit of pause before we jump into mm. uh, the next world war. Mm. How, well, hopefully. I don't, I, I don't know whether it's necessarily that way, but I, I, I certainly hope it would be that yeah, way. Yeah, that would be my hope. I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's definitely got to be a bit of an indicator mm. that uh, it's not going to be popular. They're not going to yeah. be all signing up to the army in their droves yeah. because they're, millions they're so excited about another war. Millions of people demonstrating against the Iraq or genocide is yeah, what but that, that was. wasn't so massive it wasn't so global was it like this this well, I think I think it huge. was it, it, what, I, think I mean it was big but it, it wasn't was big. as big as this it was it was big the demos were big in certainly in, in this country they were huge there was a million people yeah and one of them at least you know but they ignored Tony Blair ignored it yeah but it wasn't as big as this 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 no. this is really it's, it, it's like it, it was big in this country but it's mm. big in every country this yeah. is yeah so anyway, that would be my hope. That's my hope too. All right then, folks, watch this space. I think uh, there are many more interesting times to come. I hope you're all doing okay, and we'll speak to you again soon. May all beings be free.